0: sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Melissa Morris. As the founder of Agency Authority, a project management and operations consultancy for agency owners, Melissa uses her 10 years agency experience to help business owners maximize their team, increase their productivity, and grow their profits. Firmly committed to breaking the long hours and bad pay stigma, she and her team help business owners and their team members do the work they love without sacrificing client satisfaction, the bottom line, or their own sanity. Thanks so much for being here today, Melissa.
1: Hi, Diane. I'm happy to be here.
0: I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about overwhelm and, and that overwhelm uh, could be an operations issue. And so how can someone tell it when their overwhelm is really an operations issue?
1: It's such a great question. And that's why I love having this conversation, because I think the trap a lot of business owners start to fall into is you know they're growing, things are going well, and they think they need to hire. And oftentimes they do, right? But there kind of becomes this point where you're starting to get a team under you. Maybe you have um, an employee or two, or you've got some contractors you're using regularly, and you've got these people on board, and you are finding that you're still in a lot of overwhelm. And you find yourself looking around saying, well, I've brought on team members. Why don't they know how to do this? Or why are they still coming to me with lots of questions? And now the agency owner or business owner is really starting to become a bottleneck. And this idea that, oh, if we bring on help, we'll have more time, isn't working out quite as smoothly as we as we had hoped or suspected. And so if you're looking around thinking that or feeling that, I um, mean, looking at your team and wondering where the accountability is, struggling to get a high-level view of what's going on in the business, you're struggling with managing capacity and resources... My guess is there's probably some ops things that are going on.
0: Okay, this is so great. I I just watched some CEO on Twitter um calling everyone back to the office, but complaining that there were people who were remote workers who had they had evidence had not cracked open a, a laptop in 30 days. Mm. And I'm listening to this guy, and I'm thinking to myself, how did it go 30 days without you realizing that apparently these people weren't working if they were working remotely? <laughs> you know? Right. Just, yes. So, you know, that's that feels like some process or some step is missing in there, wh- whether they're remote or not, that um is showing that it's not necessarily how many people you have. It's what those people are doing. Would that be an operation sort of thing?
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I love that that was your takeaway from that. Cause I think a lot of people would have been like, shame on them for not working for 30 days and yes, (laughs) shame on them. Absolutely. But also shame on you. Like how, like you said, how did you go 30 days and you were you know, disconnected in that way. And and yes, that's exactly um, how operations missteps can start to show up is you have this growing disconnect between what's happening with the team, what's happening with the clients. So you start when you bring on team and clients, you may find yourself where you're doing like a lot of one-on-one meetings. You're having to go back and check a lot. Um, you're checking in with the team a lot. They're coming to you with lots of questions. And you're trying to maintain this level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just really trying to say hands-on, but hands-off at the same time, right? Like I really need to be involved and know and really get down in the weeds um, because if I'm not down in the weeds, I have no way to understand high level what's going on. But then there does come a point where you start to get so big, the ability to do that and have all of these check-ins with team members and being copied on emails and really having that. Um, down in the weeds, look of what's going on with your clients is just not feasible. Like we're just running out of hours in the day, and then it can get bigger and bigger, right? So you can get to this point where, you know, thirty days have passed and you realize remote employees haven't even logged on <laughs> to their computer, right? Uh, um, so you know, making sure you're building in um, checkpoints and that can look like layers in your org chart, right? That would have me wondering who was the person in between the CEO? And yeah. these remote employees who are not logging in, where where was that manager? Where was that, that management piece? Because there should be somebody in between the owner and, and the sure. employees and team members at that point. Yeah. And then number two, why does this owner not have dashboards um, built in or checkpoints and, and things that are letting them know at quick glances or within quick conversations what is going on at, at that high level within the business? Right, right. Okay. Okay.
0: So, talk some about the relationship between operations and profitability.
1: There is a big connection between operations and profitability. And I think sometimes people can almost think of operations and workflows and SOPs a bit like insurance like, oh, I may need it one day, or, you know, but it's not really going to impact. The day-to-day life, right? Like, oh, I'm going to need that SOP if I need a new employee or somebody leaves. But other than that, when do I really need these things? And I think it's quite the opposite. Like, Your operations is such a core piece of a successful business, and it is very closely tied to profitability. Because when your operations are not in line, what you are missing is what's something we've already touched on a little bit, is that ability to properly... Um, manage resources and capacity so you may be understaffed you may be overstaffed you may have uh projects where you're inundated with a lot of intense hard deadlines then have periods where there's not a lot of heavy work or a lot of deadlines and you're kind of looking around a little bit wondering why no one's as busy as as you think they should be. So just from that resource and capacity management there could be an opportunity there to even out workflow and then bring on more team members that productivity that we talk about when all of your team members are very very clear on what they should be doing, what their milestones are within a project, those benchmarks or KPIs that they should be hitting, productivity is naturally going to increase. When we're not spending a lot of time sending slack messages, sending emails back and forth, going back and using that that handy dandy search button in our inbox to find what the client said, what the team member said, that's all wasted time. And when you can start to strip all of that out, what you find is um, a lot of increased productivity, not only because you have more time on your hands, but we're focused, right? How many times have we seen that email ding go off and now we're distracted or we're searching for something else in our inbox and it reminds us of that other thing that we were supposed to do and and supposed to work on? So you start to just like lose a lot of productivity just from time and like. Your mental bandwidth. And the more productive you are, the more projects you're managing. And then, you know, the final loop on that is are you staying on scope? Are you getting projects completed in a timely fashion? If projects are getting loaded and that scope of work is getting bigger and bigger, and you're not getting paid more, and that timeline's really dragging on and on and on. That's going to eat into your bottom line. There's just no way around it. I see. Uh, Okay. So Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.
0: Then let's talk some about project management because that's really what we're, <clears throat> for the most part, we're talking about like the whole company could be a project that you're managing, but then yeah. within it, there there are going to be projects. And there's an awful lot of tools out there that um that an organization or a company can use. I have so many questions about this. Like, how do you know which is the right one for you? How do you know when is the right time to be implementing uh, like a more formal system? Um, and, And how do you
1: make sure that you're using it successfully? Oh, that, that which tool should I use and and when is like the million-dollar question. Yes. Um, and, and when I get asked very, very often. So I will say, I want to take a minute too to talk about project management versus task management. So what oh, I see is a lot of business owners, they start, and they may even create, create a spreadsheet, or get a project management tool in place, but what they're really doing is task management. So what that means is we're really just tracking individual tasks versus a project as a whole. So for example, maybe we're building a website. We have the copy, we have the design. Um, you know, we have some back end work that needs to happen. There are these different buckets of work that needs to happen. So we can look at this as a project and look at how are we going to get this website done? How long is it going to take? And what are those key benchmarks we need to hit to make sure we finish this thing on time? Or we can start looking at it where it's like okay, you go write the copy for the homepage, uh, you go ask the client if they've got that photo yet, you go check on this. This is that kind of, you know, shotgun approach where we're just kind of getting tasks out there. And that's the task management approach. That leaves you spinning your wheels. That leaves the door open for deadlines really dragging on, timelines, again, that scope where it's just kind of getting bigger and more bloated versus really tracking and say, we're going to have copy done in two weeks. This is the person who's going to make sure it gets done. Then we're going to do the design and that's going to get done in X number of time. And Thinking about your work in these, these phases and having key benchmarks along the way. So the first step is to get yourself project managing. And that comes from creating workflows, like I talked about. The workflow is where you're going to identify like the key phases of your work, what happens in each one, and when we want that phase of work completed. We want copy completed within two weeks. This is a phase. This is a, a chunk of work. And we've got a handle now on what that's supposed to look like. So that's always step number one then once we can start to identify it, then it's time to look at the tool that would support those workflows. And so I definitely have some favorite tools that I look to. And there's some common ones out there. I would say a lot of the project management tools people are using, like ClickUp, Monday.com, Asana. These three are are usually pretty common ones people get drawn to. but there are some differences between them. And so knowing what's important to you could dictate which of these tools would better serve you. So I think a great example is monday.com doesn't really have like a recurring due date feature. So if recurring due dates are really important to you, like I've seen this Ooh. with some of my bookkeepers, right? Like payroll needs to be run every two weeks. We need that due date, right? Like they, we can kind of count on this. A recurring due date is a really important functionality, for them. And then to get yourself entrenched in a tool that doesn't have a very robust due date recurring due date functionality, you're probably going to find yourself pretty frustrated. So really knowing what are some key things that are important to you in your business will help guide you in determining the best tool for you.
0: Wow, that is so that is unbelievably helpful. I appreciate it. And and the description of I mean, I felt like when you were talking about The whole website thing—that it—that it it felt like a lot of silos as opposed to an ecosystem. Yes, yes, yeah. And I can see how that the the, the silos don't work because they're too disjointed from each other. So you lose the whole concept of what are we really trying to accomplish here?
1: Yes, yes. I think Um, you know, referring into it and thinking of it as like an ecosystem is is a great way to think about it.
0: Yeah, interesting. Okay. And then talk to me some about burnout in business. What is it? What does that look like? Like how does someone know if that's where they are?
1: Yeah, the word burnout can often, I think, get thrown around a lot. Like, you know, you you talk to almost anybody these days and oh, I'm so burnt out. Um, and it's it's a real thing. And I think there is a point though where that burnout is getting so intense that it really is. Impacting your day to day life in a significant way. I think, you know, life is busy right now. And I think at varying moments, we all feel overwhelmed or maybe a little burnt out. But I think when you find yourself, we're really day after day, if you're working more than, you know, your seven or eight hours, if you're working on the weekends, if you are thinking about work when you're making dinner and at your kids' baseball game, and on the weekend when you're at the park with your kids or you're on a hike with friends. Um these are these are signs that we need to get a handle on what's going on in the business. And what I found is particularly with the business owners that I work with when you start to get into this multi six figure space and you're working your way towards that million dollar mark, the the thoughts that are keeping you up at night are often, you know, that project management type stuff and concerns like how do I get more team? How do I get myself out of the client work? How are we getting these things done? How do I increase profitability? Um, and, and you're left kind of like swirling and trying to solve these problems. And a lot of those problems can be solved through getting your operations in check. Ah, okay. Boy, it just keeps coming back to operations. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it really is. You know, once you get the sales thing sorted out, you know, there are some key pieces to a business, right? Like first we all start out, we're just trying to figure out the messaging, the audience, like how do we really like click with them? And then that clicks. And then we start getting the sales. And then we're trying to figure out like, how do I consistently make money? Right? Like how do I consistently get the sales? And then once you do that, like, operations really needs to be a key next step because that's what makes growing your team easier. That's what makes, you know, your profitability and KPIs. So you're avoiding that burnout easier. Like that really starts to become the layer that you need to focus on.
0: Is there some sort of um, like trigger that points out... Okay, wait, we need to be automating operations as opposed to hiring right now. You know, is there some? I mean, I hear what you're saying about when you get to this point where it sounds to me like, you know, sales isn't the issue. You you've got plenty of work and plenty of pipeline, but you're you're hitting a like a tipping point. But but is there, but are there signs?
1: There are. There are a few things that I often hear. Um, One, the business owner is just straight running out of time. um, And they know that the demand is there, that they could bring on more clients, but internally is where the struggle is happening, right? It's not externally. It's not going out and finding them and bringing them to you. Although we all have moments, (laughs) right? Where we're like, where did everybody go? Um, But it's really more like internally, you're feeling capped by your ability to serve your clients or your team's ability to serve your clients. So if you're feeling that cap on we don't really know how to serve more clients right now and I don't, you know, know that hiring another team members on the table right now, mm-hmm. that's a time to consider your operations. You may also find that you're having like a bit of team turnover where you think oh, I'm going to hire a copywriter. And then you hire the copywriter and you're like, well, actually, I don't really have enough copywriting work. And so they're kind of doing this other job too. And then you end up parting ways with them or you hire somebody else and they're kind of okay, but maybe not the best fit. And so you may find yourself in a situation where you're trying to hire, but maybe you're not really clear on who the next best hire is. Or you bring them in, and there seems to be like a big disconnect, and they're not really like seamlessly integrating into the business. These are also some clues to me that we need to take a peek at what's going on operationally and see if that's that's to blame.
0: Yeah, boy, those, those are great examples. That those are great. I, I can. I mean, I think people. I, I find a lot of um, business owners head to the hiring too soon because they think that's going to solve other problems and then realize that they, you know, a lot of times they they don't have um, procedures in writing that they don't have structure to the, how they do things. So they hire someone and that person comes in and just sort of flounders. Like they don't even have a way of onboarding them and getting them set up in in their position and understanding what's expected of them.
1: You're exactly right. And then everybody's really just left feeling frustrated. You yeah. know, the new team member may even be very skilled and um ready to to tackle things, but when it's not really clear that workflow, what they're supposed to be doing, there aren't like clear checkpoints or points for accountability. It makes it very, very difficult. And then the business owners left feeling confused. The team members left feeling confused. And then you know they end up parting ways. Yeah. Um, and you know sometimes it's a bad hire. Sometimes it's just bad training and processes.
0: Yeah, and then you're you're losing good people who could have really contributed. Right. Yeah, you're
1: exactly right.
0: Yeah, boy. Interesting. This this is so interesting. I mean, I I personally love systems and structure and so the whole thing about you know getting your operations down. I love it. Makes a ton of sense to me. I think. Um, it, let me ask you this question: Are there things that um, a business owner can do so they don't get to that point? Like, would you say? Start creating your structure. Start creating your processes and and um, documenting things and and getting that all that down so that when you get to that place where you're turning that six figure corner, you're ready, or is is that unrealistic of me?
1: So I think there. That- I think it definitely starts to happen when you start getting kind of across that six figures and really getting into that multi six figure where this really starts to, they really start to feel the pinch. And here's why. Oftentimes, like when we're first starting out, and especially as we're getting to like that first six figure mark, or even that 150, maybe up to 200K, what I often see is there's still some experimentation with what packages look like, with what clients they're working with. And then we have this kind of moment where we're like, okay, we've got some legacy clients, and they're they kind of they they're on the old package and the old rate, <laughs> right? And then we have some the new clients coming in. And we're like, okay, this these are the clients where the price point feels really good, the deliverables feel really tight, and and now you've figured it out. So when you get to that point where you're like, okay, I figured it out. Like we've got for the most part our packages. Feeling a little more streamlined. Um, there, there's often still some work to do there. It's not uncommon for me to work with business owners on that a little bit. But for the most part, you've got a few core offerings. You feel pretty good about the deliverables. You feel pretty good about the price point. You don't really have a hard time selling it. right? You can get people coming to you. This is that point where like things have kind of turned on in your business, um, and you're getting more predictable cash flow, you're ready to bring on that employee that moment, it's right around this moment that it's time to lean in and get start getting things documented, start checking out some automation, leaning into your tools like your project management tool, and getting that set up. Because the farther you get down that path, the more likely it's going to end in burnout and overwhelm.
0: Ah, okay. All right. That's great. That's great. This is so interesting and and I think so valuable because I can imagine people are listening and thinking, boy, I'm so, you know, I I hit that overwhelm mile marker uh, back a ways. And it's so great to hear things that I could be doing that would change that up. So, Thanks. And people who are heading into it, you know, I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. quite the variety. So I really appreciate you being here and, and shedding some light on this.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think the good news is too, especially if you can bring in support and bring in an expert to help you, things can start to turn around very, very quickly. Um, you know, it's usually within a few months, we can get things running far more efficiently and getting that breathing room available So I would say if you are, you know, sitting in that moment where you're like, oh, this is me, I'm stuck. This is it. Um, It's not a years long process, right? Like We can get some very quick gains um, in, in a pretty short period of time. And then those gains really start to, you know, that whole snowball effect, right? It's rolling down the hill. And then the next thing you know, off it goes. And things really just start building on each other after that momentum gains.
0: Yeah, that's terrific. And so
1: speaking of which, will you tell the listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. So you can go to youragencyauthority.com slash call. Um, If you're interested, we can hop on a call and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Or you can always head over to LinkedIn and find me there. I hang out there in the DMs and I'm at Melissa V. Morris.
0: Excellent. Okay, I'll make sure that that gets into uh, the show notes. And Melissa, really, I I so appreciate you spending this time with us and providing us with all this information. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast
1: Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you wanna be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you,
0: don't retire, graduate.